Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warmer brother low. Welcome to Buffy Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family and Podcast. We've got a tremendous podcast for you. It's Andrew Cayley. He does a great job over there at Covers. Take a look at the game of baseball on top of that. Does a great job taking a look at college football as well. He's going to be joining me in the second segment. He is out there in the great country of Canada. So you've got to take a look at the Toronto Blue Jays, their outlook. We are also going to be taking a look at the slate that we are going to be having for this Wednesday. And I'm going to give you guys picks and analysis in the final segment on every single game for this Wednesday board. And a little something I like to call touch them all. First things first. Always do love to be able to answer Twitter questions on this podcast. Got one or two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at unit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters EM. Maybe it does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. The other way, it is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Really did not wind up getting in any Twitter questions today, and please do fire some of those in, because as you guys know, with now having the Greg Peterson experience, Five days a week from 9 Pacific to midnight Eastern. If you're out there on the East Coast, that is midnight to 3. It does mean that I need to do these recaps a little bit earlier, so I'm not going to be able to give as much on some of these West Coast games, so I might need to do it a little bit later. If you guys are in favor of that, let me know. In terms of doing it later, by by that I mean like doing the games that we wind up seeing on late Monday for what would 
upload at midnight Pacific on Wednesday if I should do a little bit of something else. And I've been trying to find more trends in terms of like these big favorites and how they have been not doing so great. I've shared some of those on the podcast yesterday. Please do let me know. So if we get a little bit of feedback there, that'd be much appreciated. But let's take a look back at everything that we wound up getting. Really over the last, we're going to call it 28 hours of the MLB to find some trends and try to get to know these seems a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. What on a few games from Monday that just turned out to be calamities first. As you did wind up seeing the Padres get it done against the Giants by kind of 6-5 on Monday. I'm doing this as a Tuesday game wind up just getting started as Mike Clevenger gave up two runs in five innings, but Robert Suarez, he winds up giving up three runs over the course of an inning, and for the San Francisco Giants, Carlos Rodan gives up five runs for the third time since the All-Star break in a start as you want to get rocked in this one, giving up a home run to Brandon Drury, his 24th home run season. We saw Aaron Judge on Monday get home run number 50 in a losing effort for the Yankees 4-3 as Frankie Montas in starts not made in Oakland this year. He has an ERA that's hovering right around six as he gave up four runs in six innings, including three home runs. Luis Renifo, 11th home run of the season. Joey Otani is 29th and home run number one of former Yankee Mike Ford, the 30-year-old journeyman, was able to get a bomb there. And then if you wind up having the first five in this one, I'm just going to pour one out for you. There's an Diamondbacks wind up taking down the Philadelphia Phillies by a count of 13-0, a game of which was 7-0 going into the bottom of the fourth in favor of the Philadelphia Phillies. And the Phillies lost the first five by five runs. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like it. Ranger Suarez just couldn't find the plate to save his life as he wound up getting shelled. And then you wound up having an error by Gene Segura that caused for three unearned runs. Christopher Sanchez gives up five runs while getting two outs. Andrew Bellotti, he gives up one run and one and two-thirds. And he said, ironically enough, the lone home run given in this one was by a bright hand, at the very least, given up by a Philadelphia Phillies starter as this has been a guy that has been rise up for this team. Home run number two for Stone Garrett in the bottom of the eighth inning as he did have Jose Alvarado, London Scroll setting a mad bump. He is officially a bum. He's now given up five plus runs in each out of his last six starts. He gives up seven runs in three and two thirds innings and Whatever credit is due, Caleb Smith, two scoreless innings. Luis Frias, two and a third inning scoreless. And Reyes Maranta, a scoreless inning. But one of the biggest calamities you will ever see there. And this was a calamity, too. The Rays wind up getting it done by kind of 7 2 against the Miami Marlins. But anyone that wanted going pitcher dependent, which is clearly the right move when you've got Shane McClanahan. Whenever I'm backing an ace like a Shane McClanahan, Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer, we know the list of guys that are trustworthy, Dylan Cease. You always want to be going pitcher dependent because if a guy like Shane McClanahan can't go, you don't want to find yourself in one of these spots. But Shane McClanahan, in his warm-ups that you do like minutes before the game, winds up suffering an injury. I think it was a shoulder strain. So he's literally scratched when the lineup cards and everything like that, they wind up being ended out. So it turned out to be Sean Armstrong who wound up getting the first pitch. So anyone that wound up having a pitcher dependent bet in this one, that wound up getting wiped out. And the Miami Marlins still couldn't score runs. They've scored four runs or fewer in 26 out of their last 28 games. But he goes three scoreless settings. JT Jorgois, along with Brooks Raley, both give a scoreless setting. Pete Fairbanks, a scoreless setting. The lone two runs were given up by Garrett Clevenger. And, I mean, that's because it's Garrett Clevenger. You wound up having Jason Adam give you a pair of outs out of the bullpen. Colin Pooch winds up being able to sew things up. And for the race, they went 4 of 16 with men in scoring position as Asus Cesardo could not wind up being able to do a solid job of keeping men on base. Five runs, three of which were earned, surrendered over the course of six innings. Cole Solzer. Andrew Nardi, they both allow a run in an inning as Solzer. He wound up a long home run in this one as going deep 
Jose Siri, he winds up getting his fifth home run of the season. And Randy Odozarena, he winds up going deep off of Nardi for his 18th home run of the season. So the Tampa Bay Rays, they've been able to get relatively hot recently. This is a Rays bunch that they did wind up dropping two against the Boston Red Sox. But certainly things are starting to click for them as I believe that they have now won six out of their last eight games with this game going final. You did wind up seeing the Cincinnati Reds be able to get her done. Buying Justin done. Five to one the finalist. For Dakota Hudson, not a guy that I'd be trusting in anytime soon. Five runs surrendered in four and two-thirds innings, including a home run to Austin Romine. Second home run of the season. From there, the Woodford of Jake Woodford, three and a third innings. Scoreless said, might not actually be a guy that he could wind up seeing starting at some point as Tommy Edmond, lone run in the game for the St. Louis Cardinals, gets it off of Justin Dunn, who allowed just one run over the course of four innings as he gave up that solo run in for Justin Dunn. The Reds have won three and one in his last four starts. A guy with actually good stuff, but he gives out like a hundred million billion walks. This was a good sign from him, not giving up any walks over the course of four innings. From there, Joe Cuno, Buck Farmer, Alexis Diaz, a scoreless setting, and Derek Law winds up giving you two scoreless settings. So not typically what you'd expect. And this was a game like picking some of your favorite children because the Cleveland Guardians and the Baltimore Orioles as underdogs have been very solid this year. But the Guardians. Get done by a count of 5-1 as Cal Quantrill. He just continues to be Mr. Six Innings. Gives up one run over the course of six innings. He has now went six plus innings in each out of his last six starts. He has won at least five innings in each out of his last ten. So he has been the rock of consistency. He has given up four plus runs in four of those starts. That certainly was not the case here. So he's a little bit Jekyll and Hyde. But that was big Trevor Steven. James Karen, Jack Emanuel, Class A. Come in for a scoreless setting from there. And for the Cleveland Guardians, Josh Naylor nails his 16th home run season for Baltimore. Spencer Watkins gives up all five runs in four and a third innings including that homer as Keegan Aiken, two scoreless settings. And then you wind up having a pair of outs out of the bullpen from Nick Vespi and Rico Garcia as the Baltimore Orioles. Just nothing doing for them on offense. As I am doing this, you've got the Atlanta Braves. We're in danger of losing as right around a minus 350 favorite against the Colorado Rockies. And I believe this one out yesterday going into Monday. Favorites of at least minus $3, according to our good friend Jared Smith over there at PicksWise. They were 43 and 23, but if you bet $100 on every one of them, so this is not $300 away 100. This is just $100 on the money line. You'd be down over $1,000. So you've got a return on investment that is right around minus 14% doing the math off the top of my head. And you went 43 and 23. That tells you exactly how bad it is laying these numbers. It's why I tell you that you are betting on numbers and not on teams. But the Colorado Rockies, Jose Ureña, did not Ureña all over this game. Two runs given up over the course of five innings. Justin Lawrence, pair of scoreless innings himself. And for Max Fried, he winds up giving up three runs to earn over the course of five innings. He was, he was hurt by his own fielding error. I've always been of the proponent that we should be holding these guys accountable for having their own fielding errors. That's a discussion for another day. This was one in which it just wound up being really bad for the Detroit Tigers, the Seattle Mariners in the ninth inning, up by a count of 9-2 as George Kirby, five scoreless settings. Chris Flexen is out coming in as a long guy. He wound up giving up two runs in the eighth inning as for the Detroit Tigers. Offense has been beginning to pick it up a little bit, but nothing you can do And Matt Manning, who had, I'm not even kidding here, Posted up a sub-1 ERA at home. He got seven outs, said he gave up seven runs, all of which were earned, including a pair of bombs. Going deep for Seattle. Tie France, more like win France. 16th home run of the season. No ties here, as Cal Raleigh also gets his 19th home run of the campaign. And Carlos Centena, 
Not famous for Maria Maria on this one, but famous for hitting home runs. Number 12 of the season, that comes off of Daniel Norris, giving up two runs over the course of three innings for Mr. Norris as Jason Foyt, Jose Cicerno, both land a scoreless inning, and Cody Clements, I believe of a relation to Roger Clemens, wound up having to throw an inning in this one for Boston. They did not wind up getting the start that they were looking for out of our good friend Cutter Crawford. As I'm doing this, the Minnesota Twins, they look like they're going to be in for a W as you wound up having Gary Sanchez wind up going yard in this one. 13th home run season off of blown save himself, Jurisich Familia. Jake Cave gets home run number three of the season. Then Nick Gordon was able to get his sixth home run of the campaign. As for the Boston Red Sox, Cutter Crawford gave up five runs, four of which were earned, including one of those bombs. Ryan Brazier winds up getting a pair of outs out of the bullpen. He allowed two runs along the way, so has been relatively brutal for them on this night. We are seeing the Blue Jays currently in the lead over the Chicago Cubs, so unless if we wind up seeing a blown save, they should be able to get it done. As you did have Wilson Contreras get home run number 21 of the season. Christopher Morrell is 13th for the Cubs, and Kevin Gosman just has continued to have these really good metrics, but I feel like the deep ball is going to begin to hurt him a little bit because he came into the site with a 3-1-5 ERA and an ERA hovering right around 4 at home, but I give it up just 7 home runs over the course of 134 and a third innings, despite the fact that he was a lot right around dead hits per nine innings. He gave up those two bombs in this one before the bullpen was able to piecemeal things together, and Flagger Jr. goes deep off of Michael Rucker, 27th home run of the season, then he had a home run number 19 of the season for Teoscar Hernandez. He winds up going deep off of a little bit of a journeyman in Brendan Little, who's a 26-year-old that wanted making his MLB debut, giving up three runs on two outs as Marcus Stroman. He's going to be let down against his old team as he gave up one run over the course of five innings, and then the bullpen from there has made a mess out of it. The Washington Nationals, they are just a mess in general. They wind up giving up a double-digit amount of runs to the Oakland A's. It is 10-6 as I do this with Sean Murphy getting home run number 17 of the season off of Steve Ciszek, and then he did wind up having home run number one of the season for our good friend Dermis Garcia. As for the Washington Nationals, Eric Fetty Wap got whopped. He got eight outs and he gave up six runs, all of which were earned, including that home run to Garcia. From there, see, Ciszek gives up four runs in an inning. Just sadness for a Washington Nationals team that they have sold off everything. They got a pair of home runs in this one. Luis Garcia goes deep off of Austin Pruitt. Home run number five of the season. And Lane Thomas winds up getting his 14th home run season off of Cole Irvin, who entered in this one with a right around 488 ERA on the road and an ERA at home. That was sub two. And he gave up five runs in five and a third innings in this one. Austin Pruitt has given up one run in one and two-thirds innings. But these are going to be able to get it done just because Got to watch it in national team that they don't have a lot to be able to support them. And then, speaking of guys who are getting banged around, how about Lucas Giolito on the start that he wound up lending? He winds up giving up five runs to the Kansas City Royals. As for the Royals, they wind up going deep off of them three times with Salvador Perez getting home run number 19 of the season. Then Nick Prado, home runs number five and six of the campaign for a guy hitting below the Mendoza line of a 200, and for Lucas Giolito. He wound up entering into the start with an ERA that was north of 6 at home, and it just continues to go northward. It has not been a good state of affairs there. And for the New York Yankees, they wind up having Anthony Rizzo and Andrew Benatendi go deep. The Yankees, they entered into Tuesday having scored four runs or fewer in 15 out of their last 18 games, so relatively good sign of life there as I'm doing this as we do not know the final in that one, but we do have a lot that is going down in Major League Baseball. And when it comes to what we've been seeing over the last 30 days in Major League Baseball, what we've been noticing is that Wonders have been able to do a relatively solid job over the last 30 days as I record this. So, a couple games pending. 188 unders to 175 overs. So, 51.8% of games have been going under the total. Something else I've been pointing out as well is 
taking a look at some of these bigger underdogs because favorites, they're overall hitting right around 59%. It's more like 60% for the season the last three days. It's been 59.2%, 231 and 159 straight up. And home favorites have been very solid. 143 and 86, that's about 62.5%. But once again, laid it out. The fact that these big favorites have just not been able to come through. And over the last 60 days, if you want a little bit of a bigger sample size, 52.3% of games over the last 60 days have been going under 381 unders to 348 overs. And in the time span, home favorites, 62%, hit rate 287 and 177. But among these 287 home favorites that have been able to come through, 82 of them have failed to cover the run line. And we've seen it all year long in Major League Baseball. These home favorites having a tough time, which is why the plus run and half run line has actually been relatively solid. Home favorites overall, 721 and 476 straight up for the season. But we've seen 200. And 19 home favorites at this point not be able to cover the run line and overall for the season. 939 unders, 877 overs, 51.7% hit rate to the under. So that's what we're seeing in baseball right now. Like I said, if you've got other things that you'd like to hear on the first segment of the show, since I have to record the recap a little bit earlier at GNN underscore 81 on Twitter. But that said, what we do have coming up next, a great chat with Andrew Cayley of Covers right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Houston Family Podcast. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. 
and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. Hello, back to the Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast, and great to be joined by our guest is Andrew Cayley. He does amazing work over at Covers, takes a look at a little bit of everything. He joins me on this podcast, taking a look at the great game of baseball, but on top of that, I know he does great work when it comes to being able to handicap golf. On top of that, now in season college football, I know that he does great work on that front. And to be able to follow Andrew on Twitter, you're able to do so at covers underscore Kaylee. That is the word covers and then underscore and his last name, C-A-L-E-Y. And Andrew, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Thanks for having me back, Greg. Always enjoy talking some seams with you and uh, trying to make some money while we're at it. Absolutely. And what I think is very interesting is, Taking a look at the team that is in your area, the Toronto Blue Jays, because, I mean, it has just been maddening to take a look at them all season long because it feels like every single time we write off the Blue Jays, they wind up giving us a little bit of promise, and every single time we think, all right, here's the Blue Jays team that we were all thinking was going to be a force towards the beginning of the season. They wind up having a couple games that you would like to flush down the toilet bowl. I'm not sure what you have made out of them to this point, and, as of right now, taking a look at the game for Wednesday, just off the board because we don't know who the Cubs are going to be throwing. So that's an issue in and of itself. But what have you just made out of the Blue Jays in general? This is the most confounding Blue Jays team I can remember in probably the last 20 years or so. We've talked about them so many times, Greg. Like, obviously, they were one of the betting favorites to win the World Series before the season started. Lots of potential and lots of talent. And like you said, they go on this run against the Yankees and the Red Sox at the Yankee Stadium at Fenway Park. They win 6-7 after a stretch where they're losing to the Orioles and they're losing to the Guardians and, and the Twins. And you're just like, oh my goodness, this is frustrating. 
And then they come back and have those great games against the Yankees, make that gap between them and the division down to, I believe, seven games after that series. Sweep the Red Sox again, and then you go home and you get swept by an Angels team that has the fourth fewest wins in the American League. And then they make us sweat out that game one against the Cubs. It's really hard to figure them out. They've got a couple of starting pitchers, Jose Barrios and Kevin Gossman, who are, when they're good, they can be really good. But when they're bad, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot of runs, and they just don't have enough reliable arms in that bullpen. So I like fading the Blue Jays if you, if you come across them having to use that bullpen multiple days in a row. It's just like any other baseball team, but I really think the Jays have a big gap between their best relievers and their next tier of relievers. So when those games come along, which might be on Wednesday when they throw Mitch White, who only usually averages four and a half, five innings a start. It could be a tough day for that Blue Jays bullpen. Any day you see Trevor Richards get up for the Jays, you get a little nervous. Could be one of those spots where we could fade the Blue Jays because they'll probably be big favorites like they have been in, in both games of this series against the Cubs so far. Talking about that game tomorrow, I... I really liked what I saw out of the Cubs in game one of the series. They handle right-handers pretty well. They stay back on the baseball. They're, they're obviously not a bunch of pop, a lot of pop in that lineup, but they take what the pitcher gives them, and they got to Barrios for 10 hits. They didn't really hit them too hard, but 10 hits, and, and they could probably do the same against Gossman. That game's going on as we're talking about this right now, and they can certainly do it against Mitch White and then maybe a depleted Blue Jays bullpen. I'll probably look at the over when this total hits the board. Yep, it's going to be interesting to take a look at that as well. As joining me on the podcast, we do have Andrew Cayley because you mentioned the Blue Jays bullpen and one of the best attributes for the Blue Jays honestly recently has been the bullpen. The guys that aren't Trevor Richards who you mentioned, they've actually been <laughs> relatively solid. Someone like an Anthony Bass who they picked up at the trade line has been good. To my surprise, you've been able to have Jordan Romano become a relatively solid closer. So I honestly don't think that the Blue Jays' problems really stem to the bullpen, but the Blue Jays' issues really are when you don't wind up having Manoa along Kevin Gosman take the mound because there is no way I could trust an Jose Barrios on the road. Sometimes I could trust in him at home. Sometimes I can't. But on the road, I still cannot trust in this guy. You say Kikuchi has been relegated to the bullpen, and there's a bullpen piece that you don't want to be trusting it whatsoever. <laughs> then you mentioned it with Mitch White. And I just take a look at the Blue Jays. And I think that they're just such a streaky team to bet on from a day in a day out basis because the old mantra of momentum being as good as your next day starting pitching, I feel like is about as true as it gets with the Blue Jays. And they feel that. And when those pitchers don't perform, which they haven't for most of the month of August, which is why we've seen these crazy swings from them. Your grip just gets a little tighter on that bat, and you try to swing a little harder, you try to do a little too much, and you've noticed it in these games where the Jays are struggling. This is a really great offense. Still, despite those inconsistencies, they rank in the top five in most major offensive categories like batting average, OPS, home run, and, and scoring, but they're trying to pull too many baseballs, and you see a lot of soft contact, you see a lot of ground outs, it's been a little upsetting to see their approach at the plate when they're when they're pressing, which they feel they have to do because the pitching has been inconsistent. No question about it. It has been very befuddling to take a look at that. And something else that is befuddling as well is taking a look at some of the guys that are going to be going on the board for this MLB Wednesday. And I just take a look at the Chicago White Sox. And we talk about the Toronto Blue Jays being confounding 
How about the White Sox? Well, I think it's just a runaway right now. They're absolutely the most disappointing team in baseball. Sub-500 going into their series against Kansas City Royals. We don't know how the game on Tuesday wound up faring yet, but right now I'm finding them as a minus-180 favorite against the Kansas City Royals. I recognize with Chris with a K, Bubich, not necessarily the guy that you want to be trusting in on a night-in-and-night-out basis, but... I don't know about you, but I'd rather take plus money on Chris with a K, Bubich, rather than laying minus 180 with Lance Lynn. It's just one of those cases where we talked about the Blue Jays and their back end starters not being great. Lance Lynn is worse than all those guys. And to his credit, Bubich had a pretty good run there from about the start of July until middle August. So the last three starts have obviously not been very good from him. But before this little rough stretch where he's given up, I think, 14 earned runs, he pitched in the sixth inning against the White Sox and allowed just one earned run. It was on seven hits, but he's kind of a, a scrappy pitcher who can who can put on a good performance against a White Sox team. Hit the NA on the head. Most disappointing team in baseball. They should they should have run away with this crazy division, which somehow the Cleveland Guardians seem like they're going to win now. But yeah, it really disappointing season for the Southsiders. I love that value with the underdogs in that game. Yep, no question about it. And this is a game that I think is very intriguing as well because we were talking about the Blue Jays and I know that you mentioned some of their struggles coming against a lot of the AL Central teams and now we're seeing one of those teams in action against another team that has been a disappointment in the Boston Red Sox. So I feel like this is just a disappointment segment at picking on these teams, but <laughs> the one guy that has been the bright spot for the Red Sox this season has been Michael Walker. Now, if you take a look at the advanced numbers, He's probably doing for some regression, but Michael Walker has had a career renaissance with Boston. While so many guys have underachieved for this team, he's been able to do a relatively solid job. Meanwhile, you've got Joe Ryan, who, I mean, based on the night, you could wind up getting really good Joe Ryan, or you could get really bad Joe Ryan, and there hasn't been a whole lot of in-between because he gives up the 10 runs against the Padres, looks solid the next start, gets shelled the next start, and then he looks solid in the next start. So he's just been zigzagging <laughs> good and bad starts ever since then. Total is eight with a money line right around minus 130 to a minus 135 with the Twins. I find this to be one of the most interesting games on the board. I'm not sure what you mind making out of this, but if I'm looking anywhere on this one, I'd probably be taking a look at an over, especially with the way that the Red Sox bullpen has been deplorable. Yeah, it's been really bad. I might look at the first five under here as well. Like Joe Ryan, like you said, super inconsistent, but he's kind of finding his groove right now into the sixth inning and three straight starts, obviously. Um, going against the Royals, Giants, and Rangers isn't a whole lot to write home about right now, but he's really kept the hits down as well recently. I like that part. And like you said, Michael Waka, he's been pretty good since he's come back to the rotation here. Um, four earned runs in his last start, but uh, also not giving up a ton of hits, only 11 hits over his last three starts. While the Twins handle right-handers fairly well, I think this is one where I think these starting pitchers could get off to a good start. I do think so as well. I do think that the starters going to be just fine in this one. With that said, I just do not want to be banking on an under with the Boston Red Sox bullpen because, boy, those guys have been giving up the run. So we shall see what winds up happening there. As Andrew Cayley of Covers is joining me on the podcast. And, Andrew, very interesting board for Wednesday. We've got some relatively solid, trustworthy guys. We've went through some, shall we say, less than trustworthy guys as well. 
Is there anything that you've put a star on that we haven't talked about, whether it be something that you might be taking a look at overnight and then you might decide whether or not to fire on it or in the AM or something that you might wind up locking in overnight? I'll probably jump on the under between the, the Astros and Rangers. Javier going against Martin Perez. Both have sub three ERAs. Javier has allowed five earned runs and three starts against the Rangers this season, while Perez has one earned run or fewer in six of his last eight starts. He did get rocked by the Astros last time he played them, which was early August, I believe. But he also has two really good starts against them as well, which includes a complete game shutout. So uh, maybe the first five under. I also love the way Christian uh, Tristan McKenzie is throwing the ball for the Guardians right now. Uh, 228 ERA over his last four starts and limiting opponents to a 168 batting average. While Jordan Lyles goes for the Orioles and he's given up a lot of hits. I think he's due for a bit of a regression. 38 hits over his last 27 and a third innings of pitch work. So I think that he's in for a bit of a regression against the Guardians. Another interesting one, the Padres versus the Giants. Joe Musgrove going against Alex Wood. Wood has just been absolutely rocked his last two starts. But he has two really strong starts against the Padres this season. Before that, meanwhile, Musgrove has allowed just one earned run on 11 hits over 21 innings pitched against the Giants this year. So I'll be looking at the first five under there as well. And I do think that it's really interesting to take a look at that Rangers versus Astros game that you mentioned a minute ago because Javier actually wound up making a long relief appearance. His last time out, despite the fact that he had allowed two runs while going six-plus innings in his previous three starts, I have no idea what was going on there. But now with Justin Verlander being injured, he now, out of necessity, winds up getting used as a starter. And I'm not sure what you've made out of it, but it feels like the Astros always wind up throwing Christian Javier in the doghouse. And I don't understand why, because Christian Javier, in my opinion, is a top three starter in darn near every single rotation in the big leagues, aside from maybe when you have the Mets firing all cylinders because you've got Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer there, and it's really tough to crack the top three there. But I don't understand the hate for Christian Javier and why the Astros have tried to convert him into a reliever so many times. I don't know at all. His strikeout numbers and all of his advanced numbers all line up with with his regular numbers. He's pitching really well, so I, I find it confusing as well. But like him in this matchup, I think he should have some success. Yep, and Martin Perez, in his own right, has done a very solid job this year as well. The bullpen of the Rangers recently has not been so solid. They are not like our good friend Andrew <laughs> Cayley, because Andrew, you always do amazing work. I know that you, along with doing a great job on the baseball front, are doing now a lot with college football, because it is that time of the year. It is going to be the first full Saturday of college football, week zero. It's, well, for one, the worst named sporting event that I could think of because when you think week zero you think that these games don't matter and those of us that are betting on it we know that the points they very much do matter but with that said college football is back in our lives I know that you're doing a lot with that you do a great job with golf you do a great job with baseball you just cover it all over there at covered so let the good people at home know it's all on tap for you and how the people can follow along at social media and other platforms well you can follow me on twitter at covers underscore kaylee that's c-a-l-e-y my triple option column with my favorite college football bets is coming out on thursday very excited to get back into college football full swing i'm already debating whether or not i'm going to lay 41 points with alabama this week against utah state i was hoping we get a little bit better number but then utah state went out in this awful week zero and barely beat a Connecticut team that might have been ranked 131st out of 131 <laughs> uh, FBS schools. And so that number went up 
from about 38 and a half to 41. So a debate in my head is going on about it because Alabama in the Nick Saban era is 12 and two against the spread in opening games. You don't want to give Nick Saban a whole off season to prepare for you because it hasn't gone well for the opponents. Nope. When you wind up giving Nick Saban 48 hours to prepare, that's something <laughs> that you don't want to be going up against as he has really been able to do a solid job. If only Alabama basketball could be quite that consistent because they were ironically enough, the most inconsistent team that I can remember in a very long time on the college basketball front, in terms of the college football front, you know what you're going to be able to get out of Alabama, a complete and utter bulldozer, just like all the content of Andrew Cayley. He absolutely crushes it every single time. Every single time he's on this podcast, always delivers the goods. Absolutely love having him on. Does great work over there at Covers. A big thanks, Andrew, for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show. Now part of the Visa Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Wednesday as we touch them all. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray 
knock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Visa Family Podcast, and it is always a pleasure to get on Andrew Cayley. He does a tremendous job over at Covers, taking a look at the game of baseball. A man that is north of the border, and for those of you guys that love college football, have no fear because he's got you guys covered there as well. Guy does a wide variety of things, and it is always great to get him aboard. So, big thanks, Andrew, for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Wednesday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that, as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GNN underscore 81. We're going to be going in Las Vegas today, Shinar. This is where we wind up going with the National League games first, then the American League games, any interleague games. Those are going to be at the bottom. That'll keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy. Do have a few games that are off the board, but by and large, we got some pretty set numbers on these, which I always like to see. So, without further ado, let's get in. 901-902 on the betting board. It is the Pittsburgh Pirates. They throw it. They're going to be facing off against the Milwaukee Brewers. It is going to be Freddie Peralta going for the Brewers, and... This is one of those games that's off the board. As the Pittsburgh Pirates, they are undecided on their starter. A little bit of a shakeup here for the Pirates because JT Brubaker wound up going on paternity leave. So, got a little bit of mixing and matching. According to our good friends over there at Fangraphs, it is going to be Zach Thompson. If it's not going to be Zach Thompson, it's most likely going to be some form of a bullpen game. So, this number might wind up changing just a hair, but... We're not going to see a big giant change as I did want to say the Brewers as a minus 243 favorite and it'll be a total to where an eight and a half or less I'd be taking a look at the over and a nine or higher. I will be taking a look at the under when it comes to Freddie Peralta. He's been able to do a good job of being able to get swings and misses this season. Has spent a lot of time on the injured list. Thus, he's only pitched right around 63 in the third innings but something that has always hurt him and on top of the injury woes has been something that has not allowed him to go necessarily overly deep into games. Has been the walks, as he's been giving up right around 3.7, 3.8 walks per nine innings, still turning about 10 strikeouts per nine innings, but also it's been much worse at home than on the road. 464 home ERA, 267 road ERA. He's been able to keep the ball in the yard with opponents hitting less than a 200 off of them, both home and road. And then for the Pittsburgh Pirates, I would actually probably upgrade them a little bit if they do wind up having Chase Young get a start and or a bunch of innings in this game, as he's actually been very good in long relief for the Pittsburgh Pirates. 
No starts this season, but has been able to deliver a 2-1 ERA. He's averaging right around two innings in appearance, and they've been having him go a little bit longer as he's won at least two innings in each out of his last four appearances, with his last being on Saturday. So that's someone that I do take a look at, and I'd be willing to trust in a little bit more past that. Guys like Eric Stout, Johan Ramirez, and company, it just has not necessarily been too great of a state of affairs for them. Manny Benuelos is someone that I've never had a lot of trust in, and for the Milwaukee Brewers, has been a team that has been able to generate the deep ball, but hasn't necessarily been able to get on base consistently. Christian Yelich has actually been a little bit of a table setter for this team, as he and Mike Brasso both hitting right in the neighborhood about a 255 to 265. But Hunter Renfro is in that fold as well. And for Renfro, Willie Adamas, and Rowdy Tellis, who was not in the starting lineup yesterday, all these guys have been able to crank out at least 23 home runs for this bunch, with having also Colton Wong, Kesson Hira, Andrew McCutcheon, Jace Peterson, hitting between about a 240 2.250 and for Hero, hitting above 300 over the last three days, so it's been rock solid and for the Pittsburgh Bears, you do have one guy in the middle of the fold that has been very good for the team Brian Reynolds, 21 home runs this season he, Ben Gamble, Cabrian A's able to throw in there, Rodolfo Castro and Jason DeLay, all in between about 245 to 255, it's still a bad Pittsburgh Pirates lineup, but got a couple guys coming along for the ride, but when it comes to the Pirates, you also just have a bottom of the fold with guys like Jack Swisniewski, Onyo Cruz, Whenever he's been out there, Josh Van Meter and company, these guys just have not been able to move the line whatsoever. And for the Brewers, bullpen has been a little bit touch and go. Honestly, all these guys have been able to do a better job than Josh Hader, so a little bit of credit where credit is due there. But we've known there ever since he also break has north of a 5 ERA. Peter Serzelski is someone that you really can't have a lot of faith in. Brad Boxberger, though, sub-3 ERA, three earned runs over the last 40 appearances for Devin Williams. So I do mind saying the Brewers as a pretty hefty favorite in this spot. It is a total in which an 8.5 or less. I'd be looking at an over, a 9 or higher to the under. Should relatively stay consistent unless if Chase Young gets a start here. And for the Brewers, made them minus 243 on the money line, minus 133 on the run line. 903-904 on the betting board. The San Diego Padres hit the road. They're facing off against the San Francisco Giants. As Alex Wood goes for the Giants and Joe Musgrove is on the bump for the Padres. Padres are a mid-sized favorite. Anywhere between minus 132 and minus 135. Between plus 115 and plus 125 is your number. On San Francisco, 8 is the total. Under is minus 120 and the over is even. Seeing a 7.5 out there as well. Same thing here. Over is minus 120 and the under is even. And I do mind saying my total is 7.8. I would rather have a 7.5 over rather than an 8 under personally because Joe Musgrove just has not necessarily been in great form. And Alex Wood I do recognize that he's got a fielding independent that's more than a half point lower than his ERA. He has been quite unlucky this season, but he just has not been able to evade bets this season. As for Alex Wood, he is getting nine strikeouts per nine innings. He has been haunted a little bit by the home run ball, giving up about 1.3 home runs per nine innings. But just take a look at opponents rating at 276 off of him at home. He's kept the ball in the yard at home, giving up five home runs over the course of 59 innings. Fewer than two walks per nine innings at home as well, but... Opponents have just bailed them up. They've hit them hard. It's a 5 ERA. There's a little bit of unluckiness, but at the same time, there's just throwing the ball over the plate a little bit too much, and that's what Alex Wood is doing. Meanwhile, for Joe Musgrove, he had a dynamic start to the year. I believe each out of his first 12 starts, he went six or more innings, giving up two runs or fear, and he's been able to do a little bit of a better job here recently. Three earned runs or fear given up in each out of his last four starts. His last start against the Royals, quite a few unearned runs in that start, but he has given up at least one home run in every one of his last seven starts as well. So he has been all of a sudden allowing the deep ball. You do take a look at Musgrove on the road, 316 ERA compared to a 275 ERA. Considering his home ballpark is Petco, that's actually relatively good consistency. And he's been a guy that has been able to do a solid job of being able to get swings and misses this year. Right around 8.6, 8.7 strikeouts per nine innings. And it's a Padres unit that 
been a little bit hot and cold ever since they did wind up making their acquisitions at the trade deadline. It's Randy Jury, Manny Machado, Alonso Juan Soto of at least 23 home runs this season. But for the San Francisco Giants, they do a great job in terms of their righty and lefty platoon splits, which is why even though they don't necessarily have that one power bat, they've got Wilmer Flores and Jock Peterson combining for 35 home runs, and really that's about it. In terms of power, they've been ranking in the top half of the big leagues in terms of runs per game while being in a very pitcher-friendly ballpark. There's also been very good balance in terms of just guys being able to get on base in general as you've got J.D. Davis, Therio Estrada, Luis Gonzalez, Wilmer Flores, Peterson, who I mentioned before, Evan Longoria, all these guys in between about a 245 to 260. Austin Slater has been a little bit above that as well. You've had your Han Cole bats, but Joey Bart over the second half of the season, he's really been able to pick it up as well. And for the San Francisco Giants, it's been a tough bullpen this year. They're in the bottom 10 in terms of bullpen ERA, but ever since August 13th, they have actually been a top 16 in terms of bullpen ERA. And you've got a trio of guys there like Jarlon Garcia, Camilo Duvall, John Brebbia. All these guys have been able to supply a sub-3 ERA for the San Diego Padres. Josh Hader, ever since he wound up getting to the team, he's got a ERA that is north of 2022. So when your ERA is north of the current year, you know it's not necessarily going great. Nick Martinez has been able to form himself into a nice relief arm. They want to be utilizing him for multiple innings on Monday. You've had Steven Wilson be able to pick it up as well. He's got right around at three ERA. Luis Garcia has been having his issues as well. So it's been a bullpen that has been a little bit hot and cold in the bell. Chris is someone that I do like, and I do think that Joe Musgrove is going to be able to go out there, give a relatively solid serve. I don't think that it's necessarily going to be a super high-scoring game, but if we're getting down to a 7.5, I think that that is a little bit too low. Like I said, between 7.5 and 8, I would rather have a 7.5 over, but do I end up saying my total right in the middle of that at a 7.8, and with the Padres, made them minus 136, so minus 135 is the maximum one to lay, but wanted to take that 135 on the Padres to go with a 7.5 over 905-906 on the bank board. The Cincinnati Reds, they play us to the same Louis Cardinals as Jose Quintana is going to be going for the Cardinals and Mike Miner hopes to not be a major disappointment for the Reds but numbers indicate he most likely will be anywhere between plus 190 and plus two dollars is your price on the red legs and between minus 220 and minus 225 is the number on St. Louis nine and a half is the total the over and under anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115 and for Jose Quintana I do think that there's going to be a little bit of regression with him He's not necessarily been the world's greatest swing and miss guy, but has been able to do a very solid job all season long. He'll be able to keep the ball in the yard as he's been giving up right around .6 home runs per nine innings. And he has had his struggles when he's been away from Pittsburgh this season with north of a 4-4 ERA ever since he won a game picked up by the St. Louis Cardinals. He's been relatively maintaining what he did with the Pirates. A 3-28 ERA ever since the beginning of the month of August, giving up just one home run in this time span. What is concerning is that ever since he got to St. Louis, 11 walks across 24 and a third innings. He's won five innings or fewer in each out of his last three starts. So there is a little bit of cause of concern to be had there. But with Mike Miner, good grief. This guy has been giving up the deep ball like crazy. You've got a gentleman in Mr. Miner that is giving up right around 2.2 home runs per nine innings. His walks per nine is right around 3.2. Nothing great, nothing terrible. He's getting a little bit over seven and a half strikeouts per nine innings. But this guy's just giving up contact upon contact. He had one of the luckier seasons that you'll see in 2019, and ever since then, things have went straight down the toilet bowl as in eight starts at home, he has an 0-7 record, so he's gotten the loss in all but one decision with a 6-30-70 ERA. The team has been cataclysmically bad in his starts as Miner 
has made 15 starts, and the team has won three of them. So that's not good. And then you've got a St. Louis Cardinals offense that they've been pounding the tar out of the Cincinnati Reds and darn near everyone else in baseball recently. It's Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado. A combined 60 home runs out of these two gentlemen, both hitting above a 300, including Goldschmidt hitting a 335 entering into yesterday. And then you throw in there Brendan Donovan. He does a good job moving the line. He's hitting nearly a 300. Albert Pools has somehow, someway found the fountain of youth. It has been incredible to watch him as going into yesterday, he had eight home runs in his last 54 at-bats, hitting a 407 in that span. It has been great to see that. Austin Dickerson, he's hitting right around a 285. Tommy Edmond, one of the best base heroes in baseball. Kean Lars Zupar, hitting between a 245 to a 255. And for the Reds, they've done a good job of picking up the pieces since the trade deadline. Jonathan India, TJ Friedel, both of these guys hitting north of a 250 with Jake Fraley and Nick Senzel, both being guys that move the line now. The catcher spot in general for the Reds right now is a mess. R.E.C. Days Aquino, guys like this. Jose Barrero, you can't really trust them them. But Donovan Solano, hitting a 325. Power numbers are down, but he's been able to move the line. Problem that you do have with the Reds as well is that they are dead last in terms of bullpen ERA, really other than Alexis Diaz, who's been terrific for the sub-2 ERA. You really don't have anyone else with a sub-350 ERA in this bullpen. As Buck Farmer has been relatively okay, but Dordi Moretta. Art Warren, you're able to throw in there someone like a Joel Kuno, Revier St. Martin, all these guys. They're posting up north of a five-year aim for the Cardinals. They're dealing with an injury to Genesis Cabrera, but you still have out there quite a few guys like a Ryan Helsley, who's been able to give you a sub-two ERA. You've been able to get some relatively solid innings as well. And Andre Pilanti is a little bit of a long guy. I do think that the St. Louis Cardinals should be able to take care of business very easily against a guy, Mike Miner, that has just been giving up contact upon contact. I did what I was saying by total at a 9.8. As a result, I'm going to be taking a look at the over with the Cardinals. You're finding them on the run line at a minus 130. I was willing to go up to about a minus 155. So looking at the Cardinals, laying to run in half. 907, 908 on the betting board. It is the LA Dodgers on the road facing off against the New York Mets. As Jacob DeGrom is going to be going for the Mets. And Tyler Anderson is on the bump for the Dodgers. And the Dodgers are underdogs of between plus 115 and plus 120. Mets are between minus 128 and minus 135 with 7 to 6.5 being your total. On the 6.5, over is minus 120. The under is even. On the 7, the under is minus 125. Jacob deGrom has been nothing short of masterful, but you always wind up paying a little bit of a tax on him. The Dodgers have been incredible, but you always wind up paying a little bit of a tax on them. So you, in the end, wind up getting a relatively good number here. I was willing to lay up to right around about a minus 142 with the Mets in this spot. I'm willing to trust in Jacob DeGrom because I do think that the starting pitching matchup, it is in favor of the Mets by that much. You do take a look at Tyler Anderson and... No question, this guy has been able to put together a really nice season. It's not a guy that's necessarily going to give you a lot of swings and misses. Right around seven strikeouts per nine innings, but he, what he's done, he's given up a right around about 1.7 to 1.8 walks per nine innings. And home and road splits aren't too bad. 317 road area, 220 home area. He's given up five home runs in north of 69 innings in both locations. But with Jacob DeGrom, I just think that he is a little bit of a different breed. You just take a look at what he did in his last start. There were concerns because of wanted getting pushed back a little bit. Nine strikeouts. He gives up three hits over the course of six innings. Now, DeGrom, he has given up a couple deep balls this far. He's given up a pair of homers over the course of his last four starts. But, I mean, that's the worst thing I could say about him. Nine plus strikeouts in each out of his last four starts. He's not going past five innings. So, it looks like he is certainly rounding in a form. And a big thing for the Mets and a big reason why I'm going to be willing to trust him is that the bridge you get to Edwin Diaz has become much better. And... The number one reason as to why it has been much better is because Seth Lugo has been able to pitch significantly better over his last six pitching appearances. He's given up just one run in that time span. Post All-Star break, a sub-250 ERA. Tommy Hunter has been posting up right around 250 ERA. Adam Anovino, he's been able to give you two ERA, and then you wind up getting into Diaz, 
who's been nothing short of masterful. Yuli Rodriguez has not necessarily been great, but by and large, Ben's bullpen starting to step up. And for the Dodgers, the unsung heroes have been very good for this bullpen. Caleb Ferguson, along with Alex Vesia, Evan Phillips, David Price. These are guys who have been able to fire a 255 ERA or better. When you wind up getting into someone like a Craig Kimbrell, not necessarily been so great there. Chris Martin, to his credit, ever since he wound up getting to the team as well, he's been much better. He was a mess with the Cubs ever since getting picked up by the Dodgers. 12 pitching appearances. He's got a sub-2 ERA sub. He's been able to hold down the fort as well. Dodgers, who have the number one bullpen ERA in the National League. And for both of these teams, they both have really good matchers. As you've got all these guys between 15 and 18 home runs this season. Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner, Max Muncy, Cody Bellinger, Joey Gallo. So these guys have done their job in the Mookie Betts. 31 bombs. Will Smith is in that fold as well with right around 19 home runs. He's got right around a 375 on base. Freeman and Turner both hitting above a 300. Mookie Betts is hitting right around 280. Kevin Lux has been hitting nearly a 300. Trace Thompson, as a member of the Dodgers, has been hitting above a 285. And then for the Mets, lots of guys have moved the line themselves as Brandon Nimmo, along with Mark Canna, Pete Alonzo, throwing there as well. Francisco Lindor, all these guys. Hit between about a 265 to a 275 with Alonzo, no doubt leading the way in terms of power, over 100 RBI, 30 home runs, but Lindor is north of 80 RBI. You've had Starling Marte do a great job of moving the line. He's now hitting a 290. We got it over a 300 average with Jeff McNeil as well. So both of these seems very fearsome in terms of the lineups. Both of these starting pitchers have been saw, but I've got to wind up edging it out here with Jacob DeGrom. I do not want a part of the run line because I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a nip and tuck game, but with both of these offenses, I do think that they're going to be all buster. I recognize that New York is a little bit of a more pitcher-friendly ballpark, but we've seen DeGrom give up a little bit of hard contact, and with Anderson, does a great job of not giving up walks, but at the same time, very hittable as well. I set my total at some point, too, so here at a 6.5 to a 7, I'm looking at the over with the Mets. I'm going to lay up to a minus 142 with them as well, so looking Mets and looking over. 909-910 on the betting board. The Colorado Rockies are on the road facing off against the Atlanta Braves. Kyle Wright hopes to be Mr. Wright for the Braves, and Ryan Feltner is on the bump for the Rockies, and the Rockies, boy, are they big underdogs. Anywhere between plus 270 and plus 280. Between minus 315 and minus 325 is your number on the Atlanta Braves. We'll just give you the run line right now, as right now you're finding that minus 130 on the Bravos, which that actually seems really low. 8.5 is your total over and under. Both at minus 110. I was willing to lay up to a minus 138 with the Braves run line, but I also was willing to take anything of a plus 262 or greater with the Colorado Rockies. As they always say in the Italian movies, this is an offer that I cannot refuse on the Colorado Rockies because while Kyle Wright has been nothing short of superb for the Atlanta Braves, and this is a Rockies team that, to use a professional term, they've been poopy on the road this season with 19 road wins going into what we wound up seeing on Tuesday. This is just a spot in which it's gotten up a little bit too high with the Rockies there dealing with Lucas Gilbreth being on the injured list in the bullpen, but they wind up getting back Alex Calme. That should be able to help them out a little bit. Been able to have Daniel Barr do a relatively solid job. Carlos Estevez, over the last, we're going to call it 30 or so days, he's been able to post up a 0.75 ERA across 12 appearances. So the bullpen of the Rockies with Denelson Lamette being in the fold has been a little bit better. And for the Atlanta Braves, it's been a little bit shaky. We wound up seeing A.J. Minter have a tough go of it in Sunday Night Baseball. You've got someone in Jackson Stevens who's now on the injured list. Dylan Lee, Tyler Mazik. Both of these guys have been pretty solid all season long, but I do think that the Rockies are able to wind up getting a little bit of an edge there when it comes to Ryan Feldner. Home and road splits, he's not good in either location. 552 home area, 619 road area. He has given up well north of 1.7 home runs for nine innings in both locations. Overall this year, right around three walks, 
for nine innings. And for Kyle Wright, he's been able to do an amazing job of being able to pick up Ws. 299 ERA, 16-5 record, but his ERA a little bit higher at home rather than on the, on the road. 305 home ERA, 290 ERA on the road. He is giving up at home right around one home run per nine innings on the road. It is relatively equal as well, but when it comes to Colorado Rockies, I do think that they've got guys that are going to be able to do a little bit of a better job of being able to put back the ball now with the Rockies. No doubt they wind up having big home and road splits. They get right around 1.15 home runs per game at home, 0.65 home runs per game on the road. Like, for instance, C.J. Crone. He has went deep 24 times as far this season. He has had just six of those home runs on the road. Brendan Rodgers, 11 home runs. Ten of them have wound up coming at home. You're able to go down the line of these guys that have demonstrative home and road splits. But there's one guy, Jose Iglesias, who's been able to do actually a really good job of being able to produce on the road. As on the road, he's been hitting about a 331. So he's been able to do a solid job there for the Atlanta Braves. We have seen Austin Riley slow down a little bit. Going into yesterday, two home runs over the course of the last three days for this team. Now, he and Matt Olsen, a combined 58 bombs between the two of them. And Riley throwing there. Michael Harris is second. And Dansby Swanson in between about a 285 to a 300. And then you've had the guy that has come up in Vaughn Grisham really do a solid job of being able to give this team a little bit of life as well. Ronald Acuna Jr., he's been able to do a nice job of moving the line all season long, though he's day-to-day. So that winds up hurting the Atlanta Braves just a little bit. Should the Rockies be an underdog? Yes. Should the Rockies be a sizable underdog? Yes. But if you've laid minus $3 or more on all these favorites, despite the fact that you've been hitting at right around 65 66%, on $100 bets on the money line on every one of them, you'd be down more than $1,000. This is just not a profitable circumstance laying this big of number. I'm going to be taking a look at the Colorado Rockies with a plus price. I do think that Feltner is going to be able to shape up a little bit. It's been a brave team that has been a little bit touch and go in their offense over the last few days. So, going to look at the Rockies with a plus price. I might tell at 7.8. So, looking under as well, 9-11, 9-12 on the betting board. It is the Philadelphia Phillies on the road. Basically, off against the ears and the Diamondbacks. Tommy Henry is going to be going for the Snakes and Bailey Felter is... Going to look to not to live up to his name and not falter for the Phillies as the Phillies are between a minus 140 to a minus 145 here. Between plus 125 and plus 130 is the price on the stakes. Nine is the total. The over and the under are both anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115 and needed at least a plus 127 to take a shot on the stakes. And we have gotten there when it comes to Tommy Henry. He's a man that was pitching his college baseball out there for Michigan and he's been able to do a very solid job in his first few starts. He's given up right around one home run per nine innings. That's a small sample size. He's only made five starts, but has now given up three runs or fewer in each out of his last four starts. One run or fewer in three out of his last four. Now, not the stiffest of competition going up against the Colorado Rockies. So that was on the road with the Pittsburgh Pirates in that span, but he's been able to do a nice job of just being able to keep the ball in the yard. Not a guy that's getting a lot of strikeouts right now. He's only getting right around about six, six and a half strikeouts per nine innings. The walks have been a little bit high with 12 walks across 27 and two-thirds innings, but does a good job of being able to induce some soft contact. And for Bailey Falter, certainly a guy that has been giving up hard contact as he's giving up two home runs per nine innings. Falter has been mostly getting starts against lesser teams. You take a look at his last five starts. Two against the Buccos, one against the Cubs, one against the Washington Nationals, and yet he still has an ERA that is hovering right around at 441 when he's been on the road. He's actually been a little bit better with a 392 ERA, but small sample size, only 20 and two-thirds innings on the road this season, and it's been a case where he's been giving up home runs both at home and on the road, so 
little bit of an issue there. He has been able to get right around eight strikeouts per nine innings, but you've now got Corey Knabel who's currently on the injured list for this team, and then they would deal with an injury to Anthony Dominguez, so that means that you're going to be really relying upon Connor Brogdon a lot down the stretch, which he's at a sub-250 ERA. Brad Hand has been able to do a nice job along with David Robertson, and then you do have a lineup that has been quite fearsome for the Philadelphia Phillies, so Nick Cassianos has been dealing with a little bit of an injury recently as for Cassianos. He has been able to give the team right around a 265-ish average GT Ryumito. He's averaging more in the fold about a 270, but for Ryumito, ever since the beginning of the month of July, he's been the best hitting catcher in the big leagues. You've had Alec Bohm be able to do a good job of being able to move the line, hitting above a 290, Bryce Harper. We all know what he's capable of. It looks like he's back to his old form, and Kyle Schwarber, 36 home runs, hasn't necessarily been able to do a great job in terms of the average itself, but has been able to go deep and for the average. And not necessarily the favor of the Arizona Diamondbacks as they've been a team that's been able to do a good job of being able to hit for power. But most of that is wanted coming on the road. Well, right around 1.35 home runs per game on the road. Just under one home run per game at home. But Christian Walker, he does have 30 home runs. He's been hitting north of a 250 ever since the All-Star break. Now, you do have guys like Gerardo Podomo, Cooper Hummel, Jordan Luplo and company that are hitting Below a 225 for the team, but Josh Ross, he's been able to ride around at 275 ever since coming over to the team. They've been able to get really good production as well out of the former Kansas City Royal and Emmanuel Rivera, who in 19 games, four home runs, 383 on base. But if you got trepidation with the Diamondbacks, it's a bullpen. Joe Mantiply has been able to give you a sub-3 ERA, but Kyle Nelson, Sean Poppin being on the injury list, that's not great. It's Noah Ramirez, Mark Melanson, Luis Frias, gentlemen like this. They have been posting up ERAs that have been north of a 4-7, so you do have your issues on that front with the seed, but I do think that Tommy Henry could be able to turn a good start, really cannot trust in Bailey Felter, and as a result, I do think that you wind up getting a little bit higher scoring game because I do think that Henry doing for a little bit of negative regression with the way that he's been giving up walks but not necessarily getting a lot of strikeouts. So looking at the over, Swollen take the Diamondbacks at a plus 127 or greater. So looking at the Saints go along with that over. 9-13, 9-14 on the betting board. It is the Houston Astros. They're on the road facing off against the Walker, Texas Rangers as Martin Perez is going to be going for the Rangers and Christian Avier is on the bump for Houston. Houston is a favorite of minus 150, and then you're finding the Rangers at a plus 140 right now, only seeing one or two books with this out right now. 7.5 is your total over and under both at minus 110, and at current numbers, we will be willing to take a shot on the Rangers. As a matter of fact, plus weight in 18 or greater will be willing to take a shot on Texas. I've been very impressed by Martin Perez. He has been able to do a tremendous job of being able to cut down on the walks from the 2018 to the 2020 seasons. He was given up right around 3.8 walks per nine innings and Thus far this season, he's been able to shape up. He's been giving up right around about 2.7-ish walks per nine innings, and he's been able to do a great job of duplicating home and road success. 260 home ERA, 276 road ERA, giving up just five home runs in 69 and a third innings when he has been at home this season. He has faced off against the Houston Astros three times now, 343 ERA against the Astros. No question when you wind up facing off against this sort of lineup, you're going to see that ERA wind up going up a little bit, but he's catching them at the right time. Jordan Alvarez. Over the last about 35 or so days, he's been in a little bit of a funk, not necessarily generating a lot of the deep ball, and I do believe that he wound up getting a day off yesterday as well, so very important to note as you saw Alex Bregman, Kyle Tucker, Jose Altuve give you between 20 and 22 home runs as Bregman, Tucker, you're able to throw in there, Trey Boom, Boom, Mancini, he's answering between about a 260 to 270, Altuve more in the fold of about a 280, along with good hitting catcher. Christian Vasquez, they've been utilizing he and Martin Maldonado has been able to deliver a double-digit amount of homers, sort of interchangeably. Yuri Gurriel has been able to pick up his average as well. And then for the Rangers, 
good balance power between Adelis Garcia, Marcus Simeon, and Nate Lowe. Between 20 and 22 home runs between the three of them. And for Simeon, he didn't have a home run in the first 40 or so games of the season. So he's really picked it up down the stretch as you've got Adelis Garcia along with Corey Seager. Both hitting right around 255 Seager. 28 home runs. He has been the main headliner for this team. Got guys like a Leody Tavares, Matt Mathis that have been able to move the line with Mathis. He's been hitting a 350. Now with the Rangers, bullpen has not been great. Brock Burke along with Matt Moore are both posting up a sub 25 ERA, but when you wind up getting into some of these less than trustworthy guys like a Dennis Santana, it's not necessarily been so terrific. Brett Martin has been a hot mess all season long. He's got right around a 370 ERA. They're relying upon AJ Alexi to perhaps be a little bit of a long guy along with Taylor Hearn, so they're just trying to piece me all together this bullpen. Meanwhile, the Houston Astros, these guys have been very solid in the bullpen all season long. As Ryan Sanek has been one of the best relief pitchers all season long as he, you're able to throw in there as well. Seth Martinez, Rafael Montero, Brian Abreu giving you a sub-270 ERA. Ryan Presley has been solid as well. So I do think that it's going to be a little bit of a lower scoring game, but I did want to say my total at 7.7, and the big reason why Christian Javier has been giving up the walks all season long as his walks per nine rate hovers in the neighborhood about a 3.3 to a 3.4. He has been giving up right around 1.2 home runs per nine innings. And last time he was in the mound, he was actually coming in in a long relief spot against the Baltimore Orioles. So it's been very strange here as he had given up a combined two earned runs in his previous three starts and then they wind up throwing him in the bullpen. Now out of necessity, they wind up going back to him. So I'm not sure what is happening there. He does have a 3.53 ERA on the road. He has been able to give electrifying stuff being able to deliver over 11 strikeouts per nine innings. But I do think them trying him out there in a little bit of a long release spot is going to be a little bit wonky as well. And that's part of the handicap on this one. Willing to take the Rangers at anything of a plus 120 or greater. And seven after less looking over. Once we wind up getting an eight, that'd be my buy point on the under 915-916 on the betting board. It is the Baltimore Orioles. They hit the road to face off against the Cleveland Guardians. Today, Sam McKenzie is going to be going for the Guardians. And Jordan Lyles is on the bump for Baltimore. Baltimore is an underdog of any routine plus 140 or plus 148 between minus 157 and minus 165 is your price on Cleveland. 7.5 is the total. Over his minus 120, the under is even. It's one to lay up to a minus 168 in terms of the Guardians. If you're looking at their run line, you're right now finding it at a plus 130. I was willing to take a plus 125 or greater. So at current numbers, I'd be taking a look at the run line. I shall see if we wind up seeing a little bit of steam coming on the Baltimore Orioles, much like we wound up seeing yesterday as they become a trendier and trendier play. But Jordan Lyles, it's a guy that I don't necessarily want to back on the road. At home, he has been nothing short of superb. 294 ERA. He had almost given up four home runs over the course of 70 in the third innings. This balloons to 16 bombs and 75 in the third innings on the road with the ERA very nearly doubling, going to 585. So that's been an issue as the Bruns overall, bringing a 287 off of them now. With the Guardians, it's really been death by a million cuts whenever you do wind up facing this team. They entered into the series with 100 total home runs with just 36 at home, but got so many guys that are able to move the line. As you do have a tree of guys that are able to give you 15-plus home runs. Andres Jimenez, Josh Naylor, throwing there Jose Ramirez with the Ramirez being the headliner with over 100 RBI, 26 home runs. But with Ramirez, Jimenez, Amid Rosario, Stephen Kwan, you're able to throw in there others like an Oscar Gonzalez. These guys have been able to do a great job moving the line, hitting at least a 283 apiece. And for the Guardians, bullpen has been very good, much like the Baltimore Orioles. As you've got Nick Sandlin, Trevor Steven, both giving you a sub-3 ERA. James Karinczak has been great in the eighth inning, and then Emmanuel Classe. In my opinion, right now, the second-best closer in the big leagues. But then you do take a look at the Baltimore Orioles. Felix Bautista, Dylan Tate, you know, Perez, 
Joy Crebiel, Keegan Aiken, all these guys are giving you a sub-3-2 ERA. And for the Baltimore Orioles, you've got a very balanced lineup when it comes to them. Anthony Santander has been the main manager being able to deliver 23 home runs. But along with Santander, you've got a lot of guys that just move the line in general, like Ramon Urias, along with Ryan McKenna, Adelie Rushman, and Austin Ace. Only between about a 246 to 258, Cedric Mullins. He's been hitting a 300 over the last 30 days. Starting to show that silver slugger form, hitting about a 265 as he and Ode Mateo are both in the top five in the American League in terms of stolen bases as well. And when it comes to Mateo, he's been hitting right around about a 280 to a 285 plus all-star break as well. So do have a little bit of value when it comes to the Orioles on that front, but I do think that Tristan McKenzie going to be able to go out and be very dominant in this start as he did line up allowing three runs in his last start against the Seattle Mariners before he wound up getting a single out and then he wound up just buckling down from there with Tristan McKenzie. He's been very good at not giving out the free pass all season long, giving up right around 2.2 walks per nine innings. Take a look at him in the month of August. He's got a sub-3 ERA in this month. And if you go back to the month of July, comparing the two months, he's got in between these two months right around about a 2-ish ERA. Has been able to do a great job of being able to keep the ball in the yard over the last few months in general as well. So I do think that there is a little bit of upside here with Tristan McKenzie. You at home, 278 home ERA compared to a 343 road ERA. So I'm going to be willing to take a look at the Guardians at current numbers. Being able to get that plus 130 on the run line, that is where I would be looking at. When it comes to Soto, I did wind up saying it at a 7.8. Lyles has been prone to giving up a lot of contact on the road. So looking at the over to go along with the Cleveland Guardians on the run line. 9.17, on the banging board. It is the Detroit Tigers. They play OC Seattle Mariners. One Marco Gonzalez is going to be home for the M's. And Tyler Alexander is on the bump for Detroit. Detroit is an underdog of an eight between plus 140 and plus 147. Between minus 155 and minus 165. Your price on Seattle, 8 is the total. Over is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. The under is anywhere between even and minus 105. And when it comes to the Tigers, needed at least a plus 137 to take a shot in. We've been able to get there. Something that I do like with Tyler Alexander is that he's been able to provide quite a bit of length recently. As I was not expecting him to be able to provide that much length. Because he was utilized mostly on the bullpen since coming off the injured list. But you'll notice that he's been going seven strong innings in a few of his most recent starts. And with Alexander... He keeps the ball in the yard. Not a high strikeout guy. Someone that throughout his career has always been someone that has been giving you right around six to seven strikeouts per nine innings. And it certainly manifests itself this season. And he's going up against a guy, Marco Gonzalez, who's actually been getting fewer strikeouts per nine innings. As Marco Gonzalez got very lucky in his last start against the Cleveland Guardians, by the way. But for Marco Gonzalez, he gets right around five strikeouts per nine innings. Gonzalez has been able to do a solid job with the walks, right around two and a half walks per nine innings. And you're able to make that case for Tyler Alexander as well. Alexander, right around 2.2, 2.3 walks per nine innings for Alexander. Has been a little bit of a tough circumstance for him in which he does have a 5.88 ERA over the course of his last five starts. So, and it's not been too great because that really got ballooned up in his start against the Texas Rangers. But prior to that, he had went six plus innings in two out of his previous three starts. I do think that he's going to be able to get back online after wanting giving up a rare three home runs against the Texas Rangers. And with Alexander, he's backed up by a very solid bullpen. This is a Tigers team that they remain in the top eight in terms of bullpen area, despite the fact that they wound up having Michael Fulmer get traded away at the trade deadline. Jason Foley, Andrew Chafin, Jose Cicerino posting up a sub 3 3 ERA. Gregory Soto's been a little bit of hot mess recently, but by and large, these guys have been able to do a solid job. And for the Seattle Manners, number one team in terms of bullpen ERA ever since the beginning of the month of July, but I just still have my trepidations in terms of Marco Gonzalez and the way that he has been giving up the deep ball. There's no way he should have a sub 4 ERA. It is a 460 on the road, but I mean, he's right now on the road giving up about 1.8 home runs. 
per nine innings. His walks per nine rate is right around three and a half. His strikeouts per nine rate on the road is right around five. His ERA should be well north of a five right now. So he's actually been getting quite fortunate. This is a Tigers team that they don't rip the cover off the ball. No fans are butts about it. It has been a hot mess for this team. Jameer Candelari and his 12 home runs right now lead the way. They've got 76 home runs through their first about 128 games of the season. The duo of Aaron Judge along with Anthony Rizzo had more home runs heading into Tuesday than the Detroit Tigers with having guys like Akil Badu, Jonathan Scope, Candelario I mentioned earlier, Tucker Barnard, all these guys hitting at 220 or lower. Javi Baez starting to pick it up a little bit more and I will say you've had guys like a Riley Green, Willie Castro hitting between about a 245 to a 255 and for Seattle certainly has been touch and go in terms of this offense but you've got a pair of guys in Julio Rodriguez along with Eugenio Suarez with 43 combined home runs and since the beginning of the 2018 season Suarez actually leads the big leagues in terms of home runs you do have a little bit of a power outage at the bottom of the full Cal Raleigh Abraham Toro Carlos Santana these guys are in a 210 or lower this season though Riley has been able to give you some home runs Ty France he was having some struggles coming out of the all-star break he seems to have rectified those he's been able to 280 but I do think that this is a case in which it's hard to trust in Marco Gonzalez even with Andres Munoz being very very solid out of the bullpen for this team you've had guys like Paul Seawald Penn Murphy always being able to do their part as well so I do think that it is going to be a case in which the bullpens are going to be able to do a solid job we have been seeing Anderson giving up runs but being able to fill some innings and with Marco Gonzalez he's pretty much an innings filler himself so I did want to say my total at an 8.2 at the 8 wanted to take a look at the over and with the Tigers at a plus 137 or greater wanted to take a shot on them in pretty much a fade of Marco Gonzalez. 919-920 on the betting board. It is going to be the DK Nation pick. The Boston Red Sox, they throw their facing off against the Minnesota Twins as we've got Joe Ryan on the bump for the Twinkies and Michael Waka is on the bump for Boston. Eight is your total over and under anywhere between minus 105, minus 115. Between minus 128 and minus 135 is your number on Minnesota. And then when it comes to Boston, you're going to be getting them anywhere between plus 115 and plus 120. And DK Nation pick is going to be on the over. I was alluding to it with Andrew Cayley. The one thing that I cannot trust with the Boston Red Sox right now is their bullpen. They rank dead last in the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA ever since the All-Star break. And, well, they've got out there a guy, Michael Walker, that I think that he's doing for some massive regression. Michael Walker, all season long, has been able to do an absolutely superb job. But you take a look at the advanced numbers, and you've got to think that there's going to be quite a bit of regression with this. Because for Michael Walker, he's really had a career low in terms of strikeouts. He's got a 3.3 war, which has been tremendous, a 9-1 record with the 253 ERA. But along with that 253 ERA, he's got a fielding independent that's closer to a 383 because he gets 7 strikeouts per 9 innings. The 2 half walks per 9 innings has been relatively solid when he was really having a tough time towards back half of his tenure with the Cardinals. That was a big giant issue. He's been giving up right around one home run per nine innings, but this is just not sustainable, in my opinion. And when it comes to Michael Walker, not quite the same pitcher when he does wind up hitting the road as well as in Fenway. He's been able to do a surprisingly just absolutely masterful job over there, giving up just four home runs over the course of 45-plus innings when he has been at home. Meanwhile, on the road, he's been giving up right around 0.8 to 0.9 home runs per nine innings as well. But when he has been on the road, his ERA goes up to a 3.30 compared to a buck seventy-nine at home. And then you've got someone in Joe Ryan who I was mentioning with Andrew Cayley. You just don't know what you're going to be able to get out of him from a night-in-and-night-out basis. About a month ago, he wound up having a performance in which he wound up giving up 10 runs to the San Diego Padres. Winds up bouncing back from there, which is why currently with Joe Ryan, you've got some very demonstrative 
home and road splits with him with a 269 home ERA, a 505 ERA on the road, giving up right around one home run per nine innings at home on the road. It winds up ballooning to right around at two. And opponents are, I'm not even kidding, are about 85 points lower off of Joe Ryan when he's at home rather than on the road. I think that he's doing for negative regression at home, positive progression on the road. But when it comes to Joe Ryan, he's been able to clean his act up a little bit more in his last five starts, right around at 325 ERA, giving up three home runs in terms of 27 and two-thirds innings. So I think that that's more of what we can expect out of him. But it is also a Twins bullpen that they're league average. Nothing great, nothing terrible. They do wind up picking up Ore Lopez at the trade deadline. That winds up helping them out quite a bit. Michael Fulmer is someone that I do like as well. But when you wind up getting into someone like a, oh gosh, Emilio Pagan, not necessarily too terrific on that front. Caleb Theobar has actually been relatively solid overall for the season, a four ERA, but take a look at him over the last five weeks, and he's been able to post up a sub three ERA, Yohan Duran. He's able to go multiple innings. I believe that he leads all relief pitchers in terms of pitches thrown at 100 plus miles per hour, and I know that a lot of people are put off by the fact that the Twins are going to be without Byron Buxton in this game, but you do have a lot of guys that they still do a solid job of being able to move the line. Gio Urshela, Nick Gordon, throw in there, Carlos Correa, Jose Miranda, all these guys in between about a 265 to 275. Gilberto Cicino has been able to do a solid job of being able to get on base. Luis Arise, 320 batting average. And then with Carlos Correa along with Ore Palanco, both of these guys have been able to give you right around 15 home runs with Palanco has been able to do a great job of being able to get on base. Now, he's been a little bit banged up. You want to check his status going into this game as well. But for Boston, they also wind up getting back Trevor Story. Trevor Story, a long time. He famed to be able to give the same 15 home runs, and that's big because other than Rafael Devers, who's got 25 bombs, you really haven't been able to get a lot of other guys to be able to supply the boom for the team. And this is so Red Sox team that they've got guys that are able to get on base. J.D. Martinez has not been great really ever since the middle part of June, but he's starting to pick it up after he wound up having about a 45-day stretch, which he was hitting about a buck 75. Sander Bogarts has been able to hit above a 300. Alex Verdugo has been able to move the line, hitting at 280. It's been a little bit of an in and out of the fold situation when it comes to Christian Arroyo, but don't want to be trusting in this Boston Red Sox bullpen with guys like Matt Barnes along with Ryan Frazier posting up north of a 5 year Austin Davis has been a hot mess. John Schreiber is starting to see a little bit of regression as well, and I think that there's going to be regression here for Michael Walker. So the DK Nation write-up is going to be on the over, set my total at an 8.6, and when it comes to the Minnesota Twins, I'm going to be willing to trust in them in this spot. I do think that Joe Ryan, he's not as bad as he wound up leading on in that start against the San Diego Padres. He's been able to clean it up a little bit, willing to lay up to a minus 135 when it comes to the Twins. 921-922 on the betting board, it is the Kansas City Royals. They are going to be on the road facing off against the Chicago White Sox. Lance Lynn is going to be going for the Southsiders, and you got Chris with the K Boobich, who's on the bump for the Royals, and the Royals are finding themselves a pretty big underdog in this spot, as you're going to be getting them anywhere between about a plus 155 to a plus 160 between minus 170 and minus 180. Your price on the White Sox 8.5 is your total. The under is minus 115 and the over is minus 105. And we were mentioning it with Andrew. Just a situation where I want absolutely nothing to do whatsoever with our good friend Lance Lynn. I was willing to take the Royals at a plus 137 or greater. So you're going to be firing in there. As When it comes to Chris with a K, Boobich, he's got a 2-9 record. And he's got a 5.62 ERA. That's relatively deplorable. And you know, seeing things go down the toilet pole recently for on four plus runs surrender in each out of his last three starts, but he wound up having a nice stretch towards the latter part of July into August where he wound up giving up three runs or fewer in six straight starts. So there's been a little bit more promise there, and I guess that you're able to make that case for Lance Lynn because he didn't wind up getting completely pummeled in his last few starts, but last time he wound up facing off against the Kansas City Royals, gives up four runs over the course of six innings, including two deep balls, and Lance Lynn has actually been able to do a good job of being able to get strikeouts this season. For Lynn, he's got a strikeouts per nine rate that is in the neighborhood about a nine and a half, but he's been giving up also 1.7 home runs per nine innings. The runs are at 256 off of him. Credit where credit is due, about 1.5 walks per nine innings, but 
Got your issues there. Now with the Royals, speaking of issues, the bullpen. Josh Jameout, whenever he has been available for this team, boy, it has went down the toilet bowl. I don't think that you're going to have him available, and honestly, that's an upgrade for the Kansas City Royals. But you do have Dylan Coleman, Scott Barlow, both of these guys in sub-3 ERA. They're kicking the tires on Anthony Machevich, who I always thought was okay with the Seattle Mariners. It's not been a good 2022 season, but could be a little bit of a career renaissance here with him. And for the Royals, you do have a trio of guys who have been able to go yard for you. Salvador Perez, MJ Melendez, along with Bobby Wood Jr., all being able to give this team at least 14 home runs. And got a few other guys that are able to move the line as... We've had Hunter Dozier be able to hit right in the neighborhood about a 245 to 255 along with Michael Massey. Nicky Lopez has been more or less hitting in that pocket about a 240. So young guys have been able to step up for the team and for the Chicago White Sox. They do a great job of being able to move the line and get on base. They've been without Tim Anderson for quite a while, but Andrew Vaughn, Eloy Jimenez, Jose Abreu, these guys are in between about a 290 to a 310 with Abreu and Vaughn both being able to supply 14 home runs, but that's a problem. Vaughn and Abreu are right now your top two home run hitters. You take a look at what they wanted trotting out there for their starting lineup on Tuesday. These were the only two guys with more than 10 home runs in the entirety of the fold. You need a little bit more power out of someone like an A.J. Pollock. Sevi Zavala has been able to do a solid job of being able to move the line. Not much of a power guy. He has Manny Grandal, the normal catcher. He has just been terrible this year in general. Lori Garcia is hitting about a 210. And for the Chicago White Sox, failed starters, Rinaldo Lopez along Jimmy Lambert. They've been able to provide a sub-3-3 ERA out of the bullpen. Kendall Graveman, Liam Hendricks. You're able to trust in them. But Joe Kelly, this guy is right around a 6 ERA. He has not been trustworthy. When you've had other of these relief guys like Jose Ruiz hit the mound, it has not been too terrific either. Should Lance Lynn be a little bit of a favorite? Certainly Chris with the K move, but she's starting to regress a little bit more, but I just do not want any part of laying a minus 180 here with Lance Lynn. This is a spot in which I'm going to be taking a look at the post price with the Royals, and I do think that this is a good spot for an over as well. The Royals have been a little bit up and down in terms of their offense, but I wound up setting my total at an 8.8 with it being a Lynn versus Bubich chart. So looking over and looking at the Royals. 923-924 on the betting board. It is the New York Yankees on the road going up against the LA Angels. Patrick Sandoval is going to be going for the Angels, and Garrett Cole is on the bump for the Yankees. Yankees between minus 190 and minus $2 favorites, between plus 170 and plus 180. Your price on LA, 7.5 is the total, the over and the under, and between minus 105 to a minus 115, seeing a stray, minus 120 on the over, that under is even, and it comes the Yankees on the money line, I do wind up setting them at a minus 184, so I would need to get 5 cents higher on the Angels, and taking a look at the run line of the Yankees, you find that at a minus 115, and this is where I'd be looking at right now. Now, I personally am going to be taking a look at how things wind up shifting overnight, because if I'm able to get right around like a plus 185, plus 190 on the Angels, if the money winds up moving that way, I'd be wanting to take a shot on that a little bit more than laying a minus 115 on the run line of the Yankees, but I did wind up saying it at a minus 118 with Garrett Cole. Has been an up-and-down season for him, to say the least, and he has been relatively inconsistent on the road. A 352 road ERA compared to a 315 ERA at home, giving up 11 home runs over the course of 69 innings on the road, which has really been the main bugaboo now. He should be helped out by the fact that he is going to be pitching in Los Angeles and during the nighttime in L.A., Ball just does not wind up traveling the same way that it does at home, and he's going up against an Angels lineup in which the top is solid. Mike Trout, Joey Otani. A combined 57 home runs between these two gentlemen. Trout has really been able to go deep going into Tuesday's game. He had hit a home run in four out of the last six games. David Fletcher, he's been hitting above a 300 ever since he got back with the team, but you got pretty much a bottom four for this team in which it's full of dead bats. Guys like Mike Ford, Andrew Velasquez... 
Max Stassi, Kurt Suzuki, Mangolia Sierra. These are guys that are not getting on base. Jose Rojas. These guys are all hitting a 215 or lower on for the Yankees. It's been interesting to take a look at their offense. Four runs of fear are going into Tuesday's game. In 15 out of their last 18 games, you still have a lot of firepower. Obviously, Aaron Judge, 50 home runs this season. It's been absolutely incredible, but you need a little bit more consistency out of Josh Donaldson, John Carlos Sand, and Anthony Rizzo. Three guys are able to take a yard with Stan and Rizzo, combined 53 home runs between them, but all three of these guys hitting at 224 lower going into Tuesday. You've had Oswaldo Cabrera do a nice job moving the line. He's hitting about a 265 along with Isaiah Canerfalefa, Jose Trevino. He's been able to do a good job of being a reach base as well, and Andrew Benatendi hitting above a three Aaron DJ turned it up LeMayu. He's been a little bit banged up, and he's been relatively soft for the team as well, but do take a look at this Angels bullpen and hard to have a lot of faith in them being able to do a solid job as they wind up sending Mike Myers to the mound on Tuesday, so that means that the bullpen should be a little bit used up. Andrew Wants has been okay. He and Jimmy Hergett have been able to provide a sub-3-5 ERA. You've had Ryan Tapera look a little bit better recently, but when you're relying upon guys like Jose Marte, Jose Cuyada to be able to continue their sub-4-4 ERAs, that's not a good spot to be in. And for the Yankees, despite all the injuries, guys like Chad Green, Scott Efferson, company. This is still a top two team. In terms of bullpen ERA, Lou Trevino, ever since he's come over to the team, he's got a sub-2 ERA. Ron Madanacchio has sub-2 ERA. Wani Peralta has sub-250 ERA. Lucas Lutke has been very solid as well. So I do think that the Angels are a team that are going to need Patrick Sandoval to wind up giving a little bit more length than he typically does. Because with Patrick Sandoval, he's been able to do a really good job of being able to get swings and misses. Does an amazing job of keeping the ball in the yard. As a matter of fact, six home runs at 115 innings thus far this season. But the problem with Patrick Sandoval is that he can't deliver a lot of length because he's given up right around 4.2, 4.3 walks per nine innings. He's got a 338 home area compared to a 277 ERA on the road. Once again, not giving up the deep ball at all, but opponents are right around at 250 off of him. His strikeouts per nine rate, it's a little bit north of nine, but with Patrick Sandoval, he has knocked himself out of games relatively early. He was able to really put it together against the Detroit Tigers, pitching a complete game in that one, and that's part of the reason why I'd rather, if at all possible, be able to get right around a plus 185 if it winds up presenting itself with the Angels rather than taking a run line of the Yankees because Sandoval has been around into four minutes to be able to go a little bit deeper into games, but would need at least a plus 185 to be able to take a shot on the Angels. We're going to be taking a look at late night line movement, see what we wind up getting here. Going to be trying to target like a plus 185 on the Angels, but if all else fails, we'll be taking the Yankees on the run line. And I do think that Garrett Cole's going to be giving up some runs. I do think that the Yankees can erupt a little bit more with their offense as well. So I might tell at 7.9, so looking over as well. 925, 926 on the bang board. The Tampa Bay Rays, they throw it face off against the Miami Marlins. It is good old to be determined for the Miami Marlins that Drew Rasmussen is on the bump. So numbers up on this game. It is a case of which Miami Marlins are determining whether or not they want to send Trevor Rogers back up to the big leagues as he has been making a couple minor league rehab appearances a week and a half ago. He had a minor league rehab appearance that was absolutely terrible and then he came out in his last rehab appearance for Jacksonville. I believe that they are the Jumbo Shrimp and he looked absolutely incredible in that one. So you got to figure that it's going to be Trevor Rogers and if it is Rogers against Drew Rasmussen, I'd be setting the Rays more around about a minus 134 favorite. I actually had to dock them 10 cents because of what we wound up seeing Tuesday because you did wind up having the Tampa Bay Rays have to burn through their entire bullpen on the fly because Shane McClanahan literally winds up getting injured in his pregame warm-ups like five minutes before the game. So the Tampa Bay Rays had to mix a match. And to their credit, they did a good job of being able to mix a match as they unexpectedly get Sean Armstrong to be able to give them three scoreless settings to start out the game. But guys like JT Chargois, Brooks Rayleigh and company, all these guys wind up getting used up. So now you're really going to need 
Drew Rasmussen to wind up lending a whole bunch of length because I initially had this as a minus 144. I had to make a little bit of an adjustment because I do think that when you do wind up having a situation where you need the bullpen to get 27 outs, that's something that needs to be noted. Now, the good news for the Tampa Bay Rays is that they are going up against the Miami Marlins. And this is a Miami Marlins team that entering into what we want to get on Tuesday, Four runs or fewer in 26 out of their last 28 games. This is a historically bad Miami Marlins offense. It has been incredible. They don't have anyone that is currently healthy that is more than seven home runs. It is August 31st. They don't have a single healthy player with more than seven home runs this season. I mean, you would swear that this is the COVID pandemic 2020 year where we wound up getting 60 games. You do have a couple guys that are able to move the line. John Birdie, Garrett Cooper, they're hanging right around about a 255 to 260 of Lancho Wendell, but Jared Encarnacion, Peyton Butterick, J.J. Bellady. I mean, these are guys that should not be getting at bats right now for the Tampa Bay Rays. Not like they're a stalwart on offense. They do wind up getting back Harold Ramirez, Manuel Margot. Margot's hitting a 300 arrow Ramirez right around a 325. The power's not necessarily been there, although Isaac Paredes, along with Randy Odosardena, both of these guys giving you right around 17, 18 home runs of PC. Andy Diaz has been able to do a solid job. We'll be able to move the line, but Yu Chang, Jose Siri, Taylor Walls, Roman Quinn, these guys are in sub-225 for the season, and if they do wind up bringing back Rodgers, it has not been good for him at home thus far this season. As a matter of fact, he's been pitching better on the road the last two seasons rather than at home, which I think is very, very strange because it's about as pitcher-friendly as it gets out there in Miami. As thus far this season for Trevor Rodgers, he's got a 7.08 home ERA compared to a 4.79 ERA on the road. I have to think that a lot of his starts, he was not necessarily right. He looked very good in his minor league rehab start, so I do think that he's going to be able to come out and give a relatively solid start against the Tampa Bay Rays, but very much a befuddling circumstance here where it's a situation in which I'll be taking a look at the total, and I've got it currently at a 6.4, so a 6 or less, I'm going to be willing to dive in on and over, and a 6.5 or higher, I'm going to be willing to take a look at the under, but when it comes to Drew Rasmussen, I do think that he's going to be able to fill quite a few innings for the Tampa Bay Rays. What you're going to be able to get out of your probably 6 or so innings with Drew Rasmussen, he's went at least 5 and a third, and now 4 out of his last 5 starts, and he has been incredible. Last 5 starts, he's given up 5 earned runs, including that perfect game bid that he wound up having against the Baltimore Orioles team has won each out of his last four starts and for Drew Rasmussen 386 road area compared to a buck 90 ERA something that I'm certainly taking note of but also taking note of the fact that the Miami Marlins just stink on offense right now but strange circumstance set the raise minus 134 and like I said super low total to where I would need a six to wind up considering the over as we go 927 928 on the banging board the Washington Nationals they play OC Oakland A's James Caprillion is going to be going for the A's and Anibal Sanchez is on the bump for Washington. Washington is finding themselves a slight underdog. Anywhere between even money and minus 105. Between minus 108 and minus 115. Your price on Oakland in FZ total over and under are both at minus 110 and with the A's I felt like they should have been a minus 140 favorite. I do like what I've seen out of James Caprillion ever since his first, we're going to call it about eight or so starts of the season. They were a complete and utter hot mess. It's been a little bit more touch and go with him recently. He's coming off of a brutal start against the New York Yankees where he wanted getting eight outs and he wanted giving up eight runs, walking six in that time span and for that matter he's got 10 walks over the course of his last seven and two-thirds innings but for James Caprillion he's been able to do a better job of being able to limit some more contact overall for the season he has been giving up right around 1.35 home runs per nine innings but you take a look at him recently last five starts he's given up just two home runs so even though it has been a hot mess for him he's been able to do a little bit of a better job of being able to reduce on that hard contact and 
going up against the Washington Nationals team that they and the Pittsburgh Pirates are currently the bottom two teams in terms of runs per game at home. You do have an Oakland A's lineup that all of a sudden they've been able to have a little bit of life with Seth Brown along with Sean Murphy both being able to provide at least 16 home runs for this team. Murphy really the only guy that has seen more than 30 at-bats that is sitting above a 255 for this team though. Shea Langolaris whenever he's been out there he's been able to do a solid job. You do have quite a few guys like a Nick Allen, Jonah Bride, you're able to throw in their Cal Stevenson. These guys sitting at 230 or lower, but they were able to come alive yesterday. And for the Oakland A's, they do have a leg up in terms of the bullpen as Domingo Acevedo, AJ Puck, Zach Jackson, you're able to throw in there as well as Sam Maul. These guys have been able to provide a sub 3-3 ERA along with Danny Jimenez, who spent a lot of time on the injured list. And for the Washington Nationals, they've been able to get some deep balls out of Luke Voigt. He's got 18 home runs this season, but don't necessarily have a lot of guys that are table setters. Ilyermo Vargas has made with about a 270. Luis Garcia, more on a 285. And Joey Manessis hitting well above a 300 since he has been called up to the big leagues. He was a 30-year-old that has really just toured minor league baseball. That is a very good story in and of itself, but you need a little bit more out of guys like Victor Robles, C.J. Abrams, Lane Thomas, guys that have had a lot of promise but have not necessarily been able to show that. And for the Washington Nationals, it's been a little bit of a brutal bullpen of their own as well. You've been able to get some relatively solid innings when called upon from Carl Edwards Jr. And I will say Kyle Finnegan ever since a rough start to the season, he's been able to lower his ERA to right around a 3-5, but when you're having to trust in someone like an Erasmo Ramirez, who, to his credit, has not been too bad. I'm trying to see a place where you want to be. Jake McGee has over a 6 ERA this season. And for Anibal Sanchez, this guy is ancient. He is like 587 years old. He throws with no heat whatsoever as his strikeouts per 9 rate. It's hovering right in the neighborhood about a 6.5 to a 7. His walks per 9 rate is 4. He's given up 2.5 home runs. Per nine innings. Yet somehow, some way, the team has won each out of his last three starts. I do not know how. I do not know why. But they have won each out of his last three starts. So if you've been betting on Anibal Sanchez as a big giant underdog, you have really been able to come out well. I would say cash in right now. Say no muss on Anibal Sanchez because I do not wind up seeing this coming to fruition once again. I don't think that they're going to be able to make it for a straight because Anibal Sanchez just doesn't have a lot of command. He's not going to be able to go deep into the game and you don't necessarily have a bullpen that you're able to rely upon much like the Oakland A's. So I didn't mind saying the A's minus 140 in this spot. I do think that it's going to be a rough night for Anibal Sanchez and I do think that Caprillion is going to continue to have command issues. So here at the 8.5, I'd be looking over set my total at 8.6 and want to lay it with the Oakland A's and we're at things up with 9.29, 9.30 on the bang board. The Chicago Cubs, they're on the road facing off against the Toronto Blue Jays as Mitch White is it's going to be going for the Jays, and for the Cubs, it's good old team determined. So this is a game that's presently off the board. I just right now have this as bullpen game for the Chicago Cubs. They could wind up trotting out there at this point, anyone. They have to be in the country of Canada because this was a situation where Justin Seal was probably going to get a start in this spot, but he is unvaccinated, so he is not with the team. So I did wind up saying... Mitch White, which this is Grody here, has a minus 234 favorite because the Chicago Cubs literally just don't have arms that are available in the country of Canada right now. Now, with the Chicago Cubs, they've been able to give a relatively good effort here throughout the series, and even without Patrick Wisdom, who's on the 10-day injured list, you do still have a guy that's able to give you 20-plus home runs, and Wilson Contreras, who wound up going deep yesterday, as he and Ian Happ both are providing right around about a 350 on base, and then on top of that, C.A. Suzuki, Nico Horner, both of these guys, between a 335 to a 340 on base with Horner, and right around 290. Christopher Morrell has been moved the line hitting about a 245 uh, like his overall game, but for the Toronto Blue Jays we were mentioning it with Andrew Cayley. This is a championship level offense. You've got Boba Shett, George Springer, along with Santiago Spinal hitting between about a 262-270. Springer has been able to go deep about 18-19 times this season. Vlager Jr. for having an, and I air quotes here, down year 
350 on base with 26 bombs entering into what we wound up seeing on Tuesday. So, on your top to bottom, it's a loaded lineup with Matt Chapman, despite the fact that we've seen a little bit of regression, still providing 24 home runs. And this is a Jays bullpen that is not bad. Anthony Bass has been a nice pickup for them. And Simber has had a little bit of regression recently, but Yimi Garcia, David Phelps, Tim Meza, the closer, and Jordan Romano, all these guys posting up a sub-3 ERA for the Chicago Cubs. It's going to be all hands on deck, especially if you need to use up Gasp, Sean Newcomb, who he might wind up getting the third year, and that is a big reason why I've got the number as high as it is. North of a 9 ERA, a guy with starter experience, and well, it's not been great for him recently as he winds up giving up a bunch of bombs. He doesn't get a lot of strikeouts. He doesn't have a lot of command. You could wind up seeing a few innings from Luke Farrell who's already gotten a start in a start against the St. Louis Cardinals. They wind up giving up one run in four and a third innings, but he also wound up giving up six hits in that span as well before he wind up getting shelled in his most recent relief appearance on Sunday against the Milwaukee Brewers. So he's a candidate to throw a couple innings. Michael Rucker is someone I have no faith in. He's got north of a four ERA. Eric Yeoman has been looked to for some good innings. And it's not necessarily a play where you want to be. And for Mitch White, he doesn't do anything great. He doesn't do anything terrible. With our good friend Mitch White, he's got a 424 ERA. He's given up a little bit less than a home run per nine innings. And ever since he wound up getting to the Blue Jays, it has certainly not been the world's greatest go of it for him. 589 ERA over the course of four starts. He has pitched against some relatively solid teams, so that does need to be taken into context as well. But I do think that with Mitch White, he is going to be able to do a solid job of just being able to hold down the fort in general because he does a good job of not necessarily stabbing himself in the foot right around 3, 3.1 walks per nine innings. He's only going to get right around 7.3, 7.4 strikeouts per nine innings. So you're going to be able to get right around a milk toast start out of him. And you know what? That might be enough in what is going to be a Cubs bullpen game, in my opinion. If it winds up being a case in which a Cubs are out there an actual trustworthy starter, certainly willing to wind up making an adjustment there. But South Blue Jays minus one thirty-five on the run line, minus two thirty-four on the money line, and nine and a half or less looking at an over ten or higher to the under. And that will wrap things up for the Wednesday edition of the Baseball Betting Show. Now part of the Decent Family of Podcast. Big thanks to Andrew Cayley of Covers for joining me in the last segment. If you do like hearing from this fine podcast, the Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you podcast: Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment idea, want to be for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to those in. First one is my Twitter timeline. At GNNRS41. Keep in mind, Larry CM, they mean does not matter. As per usual, please just send these into the timeline. Otherwise, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five star review. I'll be coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season. And we'll be coming at you once again tomorrow. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.